Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Aim High and Achieve podcast. Today we have Matt Jeffrey as our esteemed guest. Matt is a business and life coach as well as a volunteer for a number of community projects on the Isle of Sheppey, so it's great to welcome Matt onto the show. Some listener notes. Running alongside this podcast project and Matt's life coaching and community projects, we both work within the elevator industry. So Matt, from time to time, may draw analogies between the two. I hope you enjoy today's show. Hello, Matt. How are you doing? How you doing, mate? You well? Yes, I'm very good, thanks. Welcome to the podcast. Great to have you on. Thanks for giving your time for this. So just give the uh, the listeners a brief introduction of who you are and what you do. So Matt Jeffrey, I got creative and my business is called mattjeffrey.com. Um, so business and personal coaching is is primarily what I'm doing um, and what I'm talking about today. Um, so yeah, business coaching, it's um, it's two parts really what I do and I call it straight lines and gaps with the business coaching. The straight lines is is what should you be doing. This is a bit like if we go to the lift analogy, like what should be fitted and um, how it should it be and is it compliant so it's the mechanics of a business and how it should function and then the gaps are either where the business functions aren't by design or the people working in it aren't doing what they're doing so if we go back to the lift analogy your items list is the gaps on what needs to be done to make the lift compliant and then and then the compliance of the rules in how the lift should operate so that's mm. what i do with um with people and the and the the, the gaps part of it is my bread and butter, which is the coaching. And the business um, mechanics of it is really just so I can create an understanding of the truth. It's like running a plumb line down the lift shaft. It's like, should you be doing this? Shouldn't you be doing this? You know, um, so, yeah, so that's that's pretty much what, what I do is with the coaching. Um so when you so so when you sort of um, when you get a customer, you get a client, a new client coming in. How much sort of in depth are you going in the start into the business? Are you sort of, you know, are you full on in there, sort of delving into it? Maybe even spending a day with them or a few hours with them, or or is it more sort of uh, you know over team or Teams or Zoom or something, and then you know sort of get to know the business gradually, start looking at sort of i mean do you go into accounts or is it you know just sort of the functionality of things so it's a bit like if you went to a lift and done an items list you know um right. we, sit, we sit and we talk so the first thing i talk about is um is the business flow so i have this fibonacci shape and talk about business flow so every business model's got a flow so you've got one with this podcast we're we're in in an actively recording a podcast. So this might be number mm. three or four of six sections. So one and two, mm. we've done a connection and we've met and we've talked and now we're recording number four or five, maybe editing, and then five or six might be posted and putting it out there. But there's this cycle of habits. So I talk about that with the clients roughly, um, you know, what what's your business? And then talk about the pain, you know, Um have they got the sales figures that they want? You know, where is that lacking in the business? And usually it's a bit like if I said to you, what's the biggest pain in your ass at the moment? You you would go to a point where this area of my life is, um, I have this top chumps thing, um, you know, and they might say that, okay, well, I can get orders, but I can't, I can't deliver because we haven't got enough bums on seats. So it might be in recruiting. And you sort of get to a stage, I, I think coaching I, I see is like boxing and sparring. 
you get to a stage where if you and me got in the ring and we spent a couple of minutes moving around, we'd soon get to understand who's the better boxer and, and then some of the things that one of us needs to do to improve. And you're just trying to sort out these gaps and it can be uncomfortable and vulnerable because it's like, well, have you got a marketing plan, Steve? But um, sort of, um, we'll show, you know, you're, you're being tested on, on what and why and, and how. And then that just opens up where you'll, you've got a gap. Um, so that, that's the sort yeah. of the first conversation I get to a stage where I like to tap out or get to a stage where I can hand on heart, show them where the value would be. You know, mm. if we work together, um, th this would be some of the areas we would work in and get to a stage where, because coaching's not like, like we both worked in the lift industry. If you've got a building that needs a lift, you you don't question it because compliance says it needs to have disabled access. So it's a box that's got to be ticked. What lift yeah. and how is is what you decide on the price. But with coaching, you've got to unroll and unpack why, why they want it because most people don't want coaching. They want what coaching can give them. And you have to unpack what that is, whether that's coaching can give you employees that stay for more than six months and enjoy working at that business. But that would give them, um, you know, what that would give them would be con continuity and business growth, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to get to the outcome because no one wants coaching. Mm. I've, got, I've got a coach at the moment that I'm paying because I want to write a book and um, I don't want to pay her and I don't want to sit and uh, to go through and red pen everything I, I write, yeah, yeah. but I'm shit at writing. So um, so I, I want to write a book because um, I want to leave it for my kids and grandkids. I want to write a book because I want to give it to clients to read before I start working with them. And I want to write a book to create the content to help market what I do. So there's three reasons why I want to write a book. I don't want to write a book. <laughs> no, no. Is, is that almost like your, your general philosophy then? It's almost like you, you could talk. You could talk for three hours on a podcast and, and that's a kind of a good way of, of getting what your philosophy is out to people. So I suppose in, in, as well going through the process of writing a book, it's kind of something similar, but it's a physical thing you can give as opposed to somebody having to listen. Yeah, a lot of it is when I start working with clients, I try and engineer myself out as quick as possible. So if I can give them a book to read, um, when it comes to the coaching, it's a bit like me giving you if it was boxing, basic training. So if we got in the ring, I wouldn't have to tell you how to stand. You would stand mm. a certain way. So we're already into, we've got past stance, we've got past habits, we're already getting stuck in. So part of the book is giving them that so we can shortcut, you know, having the same conversation 10 times. Um, mm. So, and that's, and it's actually, you know, one of those things at the moment, I say I'm on a, a ratio of eight to one. So I might write something, a paragraph, and we've got to filter it down about eight times till it gets to a point where it can be left in the book. Um, my son says to me, Dad, you said 50 words when you could say three. I'm like, mm. <laughs> and, I'm, yeah. and I know I'm like that. So this, But this has been good for me to reflect and think about what I'm saying, how I'm writing. But my point coming back to having a coach is I don't want a coach but i want someone that can help me and hold my hand and get me to the stage where i can publish something and that's more like an editor more like an editor yeah. side who can do, who that. can sort of who's been there and done it and can sort of you know iron out the creases save you a lot of time because i can imagine you know as a, as a business consultant really 
uh, or, or an editor of a book or somebody giving you advice, the idea is that you're paying because you want to not, not necessarily save time, but you want to make sure your time is used productively and not, not you don't want to spend a week writing something, not paying an editor for advice. And then after a week, you've got to spend another two weeks redoing it because you found that it, this isn't the right way. Whereas obviously if you have an editor, you know, they're working alongside you. You're probably going to only need the editor once before you've learned kind of what their role was for the next time almost. Yeah, the thing I've learned, so I'm writing a little bit about surrender at the moment. So there's this mindset movement alignment of these three systems I'm writing about. And in a mindset and alignment, they all link to each other. But this surrender, I got to a stage at some point that helped. So when I started my journey years ago, um, and I started going on my coaching diploma and then investing in coaches and, and therapy and workshops. And then you get to a point where and one of the things for me, the, the fixed ego, you know, like I don't need help. I can do what I can do. You know, um, coming from the lift industry, we know those people. Like, who are you to tell me what to do? I, I was one of them. I, yeah. I was one of them. A hundred percent early 20s. I can categorically say people were giving me advice. And I was thinking, nah, mate. You don't know shit. I've got control yeah. of this. No worries. I know and when I look back, doing. when I look back now, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I know what I'm doing. Hundred percent. When I look back now, no, I didn't. I didn't know shit. I didn't know one percent. So this is surrender. So we have these attachments to, um, and freedom is the other side of them. So the attachment to uh, paying someone to help me get better, um, and this and this willingness. Like I can't write for shit. Can you help me? please are willing to pay for you and i mean i got she actually just changed the way i use word to give me an index to navigate around it you know there's so many things that she came up and she gave that when you open up and it's my first point of um of working with people open is the first thing that without it there's nothing we can do you know it's the first thing i think it's why i'm good at a coach because because with mm. people um, sincere and or we get to a stage really quickly where we can have that conversation and say, like, are you willing to be open? Because honestly, I so I've just done a white or trained for a white collar boxing event, but I got my nose broke um, a few weeks before the fight. So I had to get it straightened and it meant I couldn't fight. But but I was do, I was sparring and in that space initially. I joked with my coach that I wanted a dummy. So when my coach used to say, right, gum shields in, I used to shit myself <laughs> because I knew I was going to be sparring and it was like, fuck, you know. And then when mm. you get in the ring and you start moving around, it, it's unless you're comfortable doing that sort of thing, you know, for someone like me at 50, I've trained and boxed for years, but sparring's a, another thing. And it's such a vulnerable um, space. Um and I think there's coaching, no hiding place, is it? There's no hiding place. You're in the ring. There's nowhere to go. It's you. Coaching's and you've the got to same. Rely on yourself and, mm. You get get into a space where my goal is to open you up, um, and then and then the difference is it's the same with sparring. Um, you know, when when I broke my nose, I look back at the video. You know, we all joked when I got out of the ring, um, but it was like I dropped my guard. You know, and I think that was some of that was fitness uh some of it was a bit cocky 
Um, but the truth was I should have held my guard up and protected myself more and just got caught with my guard down. So I would say the work, yeah, is keeping my guard up, but actually my work is fitness. Um, so I get to a point where that's the work. And it's the same in a coaching session. You might come in a coaching session and say, you know, if we were talking about your podcast, you know, would you want to do video? Well, yeah. Are you? No. Okay, well, that's the work. Like, so so, so mm. what's the next step in that? And you find that, um, and this is all based on where you want to go in life. You know, if, if like you just want to do an audio podcast, then that's by design. That's exactly how I want to do it. But for me, so for example, off the back of this white collar boxing, we come up with this white collar comedy. What could be scarier than getting in a ring and getting the shit kicked out of you? Getting on stage and doing comedy. So I've got a comedian. We're setting up this thing. We have four lessons with him, like over four weeks, and then we get up in a gig and we all have to do a five minute set. <laughs> and I've, I've said to the guys at boxing, like, would you rather get in the ring for three rounds or get up on stage? And most of them was like, I'd rather get in the ring, get the shit kicked out with, and stand up in front of my mates and get laughed at, or you know. But that mm. that space is exactly the same space of being vulnerable in moving towards something you you want to do because I don't want to be stand up I be, I want want to be the man that can same with the boxing mm. I want the freedom to be fighting fit in my 50s um and that um coming back to being open from the start first thing you do in the gym is warm up um it's the same in the session so yeah that uh I mean what what I'm interested you sound you have your boxing, the coat. You have you have so many things going on in 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 your life, day job. How, how do you find? How do you sort of go about planning, structuring your life to give, to give everything to all these things that you've got going on? You know, most guys. You know, I mean, we're we're not too far away in age forty, fifty. You know, most. I'm not going to say most, but maybe most people are sort of do the nine to five. They come home, feet up on the couch. You know, they don't have, you know, all these projects going on. How do you find that personally, uh, managing everything you have going on and keeping focused, keeping motivated every day to be, to be doing all these things? Yeah, so I've transitioned into this. So I'm now, I've got a lift company with my family. So me and my brother run that, uh, Legacy Lifts. And that's, I allocate Mondays and Tuesdays to that. Um, not, not. To full time so this monday and tuesday i was in whitstable i took myself off to write my book um so that's mondays and tuesdays wednesdays i commit to think and believe which is the community stuff so i've been in the podcast studio today and getting someone on to produce the podcast for the community stuff and then thursday friday i have my coaching clients in so i structure my week um but it started off i was doing that when i was working full time with a va so i had a virtual assistant working they would work on the coaching stuff on some days um, and I use them to, to do it. And I'd recommend looking into that for outsourcing your podcast stuff because um, there's a lot of stuff you can just give them to do and chuck the audio on and edit and stuff like that. So I had a, mm. yeah, a good book I read was the Tim Ferriss four hour work week. And that okay. really talks about automating yourself and business and this, that and the other. So I've transitioned into that, but I, um, my, my methodology with coaching, um, mindset and movement and alignment in movement i talk about habits and with the lift shaft we have guide rails with structured brackets called combinations in a boxing ring we have combinations of punches and on a trellis in a garden we have a combination of 
supports and it's just this fucking day by day doing the same shit all the time. So for everything mm. I do, I have a structure. So in the mornings I go to the gym and if I'm um, doing weights, I do three exercises, takes me up to 30 minutes. It's not a lot of time. And then I go into Costa, I spend an hour doing artwork and then I'm good to go. Um, and then if I'm not doing that, I'll do cardio and I'll come back and work in the studio. But I always do artwork every day. And now I'm doing writing every day. So I, I find that just coming up with structure, um, something as small as and as little as I've got to go to the gym and do free exercises um, once a week. So start with a start with a pattern. Um, so mm. I started off just going to the gym. And I do do something, but max it out to 15 minutes. So start with um, a habit, uh, and and so small that it makes you laugh. Like, mm. is that all I've got to do? Yeah. And suddenly it's like boxing. You just you're just forming it. You're just forming this mm. stance and structure in how you stand, how your week looks. Um, you know, I don't know if you've got a structure to your timing for your podcast, but. Um, what days it is, what times it is, and you know, you suddenly get a structure and a formation, and and you take the thinking out of it. You just engineer mm-hmm. that. You watch a boxer yeah, throw yeah. combinations. He hasn't thought about it at all. His body is just bang, 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 yeah, and it just comes so so fucking natural. You watch someone like Mayweather. Mm-hmm. It's just he's laughing in between punches, and you're like, how can you get that good? But then if someone watches you in a lift shaft and you're like, oh, check that, check that voltage, check this, check that. And they're like, have you got to that stage where you know what, where you know why it is it's missing the top floor or you know why it is? It's just. I think that's a good point, actually, because I think a lot of, I think that what you're talking about there is, uh, I I obviously don't have it in podcasting yet. This is a very new podcast. I'm learning all the time. But. In the way my mind is now that I know this might take 10 years of me building, building, building. And now I have that delayed gratification that I know. And it was the same in, in the lift business where where I, where I am in that. It's taken me 20, 23 years to get to the point now where I almost don't have to think when I'm, I'm doing something. I'm, I'm so experienced with so many different things that it's just totally natural to me and life is very easy. I'm not really ever stressed out too much uh, with it because I've done it for so long and dedicated so much of my life to it. But nowadays, this this kind of delayed gratification, if you like, where you, you're going to think, and I didn't have that in my early 20s, I wanted to be king of the world there and then and I didn't listen to anybody but as I've got older now, more experienced, now I've learned. It's taken me 20, 20 odd years to get to this point where I am. So the next, any projects I do, I have this thing where I know it's going to take me 10 years. Or, you know, I think, I don't know what they're saying. Is it 100,000 hours or something? Is that yeah. it's like a golden, the golden hours that it's going to take you to master something? And we've, We've kind of lost that now, I think, a little bit with this social media sort of instant reward, instant gratification. You know, if it's kids see how you can make kids see influencers making $100,000 an ad on Instagram and they think, ah, well, that's what I'm going to do. And it, the world is not like that. It's a fucking harsh place and the it's going to spit you out, you know. You so ain't going to get a job doing that. 
Yeah, I've got these top trump cards that I do with clients. So, so if you was to say, okay, like um, you want to be a project manager, you'd come up with six qualities: so like time management, uh, some sort of skill level in the subject you're project managing, um, you know, communication. But but I always put in there this integrity um, because what happens is most people nowadays, you know, you've got to have, and it's when we used to take on people with the lifts, me and my wife used to have a, a measurement of grit. Like how gritty is this fucker that's sitting in front of us? You know, like we're going to get to a job. We're in, we're in Wales and we've got to finish the lift before we come home. Um, but they want to be home because they want to go to the cinema with their friends. It's like, can we stay late? No, no, I've got to go back because I've got, you know, how, how gritty is this um, person going to be in perseverance? And what you get to realise and what I've realised is there is so much fucking goodness in graft, um, like in work. Because what happens is people think, I want to get this... I want to earn this money so I can sit on my ass and do fuck all. And and that is so, it's so empty. Like, mm. got to the stage where I don't necessarily need to work full time and it drives me around the bend. And what, what I find, and this is this mindset movement and the alignment, which is a part of it, is you want to be applying yourself like a motherfucker to something that gives you so much passion, like... It would probably bore you now if I said I want you to test the same lift 20 times. You know, there's just it gets to a stage where your day is not got any energy. So this alignment is to the sun. And when you lose that energy, it's like, yeah, they can pay you X amount, but it still doesn't make that day something you want to get up and out of bed for. And this mm -hmm. is this alignment bit. And coming back around to that um, integrity, that to learn something new and this surrender into doing the work, um, and enjoy the fact that this is going to be hard and settle into it. So I remember when we was working together and I was running ME12 lifts, I remember being conflicted with not getting out of that business into my coaching business quick enough. And I remember having a session with my coach. I was at Canary Wharf. I had some engineers in for the weekend, but I had to go in and supervise them. And I had the ump. And we talked about it being like traffic, that I was on the right route. And it's a bit like in traffic that you can look at all the other routes that are alternative, but the one you're in is the right route and you've just got to sit in it. And and I just thought, well, I'll do that in traffic. I'll turn the music up and I'll just chill the fuck out and I'll enjoy it. And sometimes that route with the podcast is you're on the right route because you want to have a successful podcast. And that conflict is like, I thought it would have been quicker. And it's like, no, mm. that's that's the route. That's the route, Stephen. The key yeah, yeah. Is, is when you see that, it's just going, oh, and then enjoying the fact that this is your third or fourth podcast and, and you'll tweak something and get a little bit better for your fifth and sixth. And I've got this with the book. Someone said you're halfway there when you've written a book and the other half is selling it. And it's the same with coaching. Like Learning how to be a coach is one thing. Selling it is another, it's another thing, but... You've just got to put in the hard yards in in everything <clears throat> in everything you do. If you if you have a uh, in this case a podcast, if if you want to have a coaching business, if you want to be an ultra marathon runner, if you want to be a professional football player, you the people will tell you it's not necessarily talent. It is just hard fucking work. Simple as that. You know, you just put your blood, sweat, and tears into it. Stick with it, and. 
you, it's interesting you say grittiness. I I probably call it resilience. You know, yeah. just putting the hours in. You know, putting the hours in every day, doing your best. You know, day in day out, things eventually will come right, and it takes takes a lot of time. People nowadays. They see this instant gratification. They see social media. They get swamped down into that. You know, they're not looking at the uh, the, the long game at all. And it's so important. Anything you do, you know, you've got to stick it out. Be resilient. You know, uh, it's it's a harsh world out there. You know, I tell my kids. You know, that's one of them sort of coming now to looking at a career maybe and things like that. And I'm saying, you have to do what you're passionate about. You know, and then you put everything into it, stick with it. Nothing is, is going to come easy. You know, it's it's hard. It's a hard fucking life. You know, it's, so you get rewarded in the end if you if you go down that path. I think it's difficult because there's an element of with this surrender. There's actually less this letting go and getting. I am. Um, I, I find that I'm I'm really moving more into this surrender that it's only hard when we're conflicted so mm. to go for a run like it's it's you know it's stressful on your body and this that and the other but it's only difficult if you're conflicted with where well, i don't want to mm. you know that's where the hardness comes in like and that's the difference like i I've, i could quite rather go on site and do a day's graft of fitting shaft trunking and moving stuff around than, than spend the whole day in a meeting thinking about this, that and the other. Like there's, you know, I, f I love sometimes working hard, sanding wood, cutting and feeling like I'm doing a day's work. It feels good. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel hard. It feels hard when I'm going to do something I don't want to do. And that's conflict. So this alignment bit I find is um, if you can see and realign with perspective while you're doing what you're doing, like putting the bins out, no one wants to put the bins out, um, but but they want you want to be a good dad, you want to be a supportive husband, you don't want to live in a shithole, you don't want to be a skank, you know, you want to put the bins out because you want a clean space for your family to grow up. So that's the alignment, and then putting the bins out—that's just what you got to do. But it's mm. it's in that um, you know that yeah, but I want it now. It's in that, yeah, but I don't want to do it. I just want to sit and watch TV. It's in that life is hard then, but life's easy if you surrender into it. I've got to put the bins out because that's the truth. So get off your fucking ass. My boxing coach has got a saying, suck it up, buttercup. No one gives a fuck. So when he doesn't yeah. want to go to the gym or doesn't want to spy, he just says that. And well, so we've joked about it. And I've got some clients where we end up just laughing and saying, boo-hoo. Because that's that's the work, you know. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to edit yeah, a video yeah. and don't want. I mean, to... in terms in terms of my own man, in terms of my own mentality, with that, I kind of I, I don't allow myself to get into a debate with myself. I think a lot of times, a lot of people, they will sit there and they will start debating about something that by the time they've fucking debated about it, they could have done it. You know, so into I run every day, and I don't don't allow myself to debate whether I'm going to do it or not. It, it, I just say no, no. This is what we do, and there's no debate. I don't allow the debate to come in. I just have my shoes there. I know they're going to go on. I just put them on and I go. It's the and same. This is the straight line that if you've decided that running something that you want 
in your life by design, then the straight line is you go running. And, and what mm. I'm talking about with the gaps is that, yeah, well, I didn't go Wednesday because I had a funny tummy and I didn't go Thursday because it was raining. Like the gaps of that lack of integrity would be probably in there. Like where, where and what in that, those qualities do you need to improve to be able to keep straight and aligned to the design? Mm. I mean, so, so many people you see complaining about X, Y, and Z. And, and I always just think, well, you're complaining about things, but you're not preparing yourself. So, for example, if you use running as a very, very simple thing, if you know your shoes and your kit is ready, you've prepared it, after you've had your last run, it's prepared in the same spot, you know it's there. The next day, you don't have to debate, oh, my shorts are in the washer. I didn't, I didn't get them ready. Or my shoes are wet and they've not dried. So that you cannot let your mind to get into this debate. You just make sure you're ready. Prepare yourself the day before. You know, if you're eating shit and you're not happy about your sort of overweight, prepare your, your meal the day before. You know, prepare something healthy the next day. But you're lazy that day, you're going to be lazy the next day, you know, and then you're going to end up eating junk food. You know, it's all about I, what I've found lately, last last few months is just get shit prepared for make your next day easier and the next day easier and then before you know it going back to what you were saying earlier about automation and and just doing things without thinking and a good analogy is in in our industry the lift industry is like making tools that that do jobs so you don't have to think about you know db uh, guide rail distance yeah. between guide rails make, make a jig make a tool that sets that distance you don't have to think about it no, you don't have to measure it. You don't have to mess about. You've got a jig. It adjusts it automatically. Done. Next one. You know, and make these sort of, and then it's what I was interested with you, Matt, as we're from the same industry together, and I've uh, seen your posts and things. I really liked them, and I've always thought, if you take a business like Lyft and you have these tools and jigs and different things, you can make the same things in life in other ways, you know, to make your life easier. And that's kind of like a good comparison. I mean, we're, we're in the lift industry. I suppose it's the same if you're carpenter or plumber or electrician. You have these tools. and you People will use them in the day job, and then their lives are just a disaster. And you think, you know, use the same tools, use the same system, you know? Yeah, I've got this mindset reset workshop that I've started delivering, and it's got this sheet on it, which is um, dashboard. And this system for mindset is like a stance with boxing um that being centered um, um f finding a conflict coming from a net net zero there's all these terminologies of a bit like a dashboard in a lift that if you've got all those safeties up and and that's in a situation you're good to go but you want to get good first so i talked about you know not being in conflict being aligned not being more than or less than you know, if you're going around less than not good enough, well, Steve, is it all right if I can, um, if I can, Steve, um, you know, there, there's coming from a net zero, even if you're employed by someone, they've got, they've got power, but they are, they're not coming from more than you. They're coming from a net net zero. So, okay. Like an apprentice, you would have said. So, well, an apprentice, you might, you know, if you come back to the lift industry, pe people that are fitters talk to apprentices like they're shit. They, yeah, you know, it's the same. Have, it's the same. It's the same. They right. have the right to to ask them to go and go and clean the guides because they are they have authority, but that doesn't mean they're more than. So this net net zero. If you ever watched Harry Potter and seen Dobby, 
Dobby's coming from less than. So that's the little elf that is a slave. Yeah. Um, so, so this is where you're coming from in terms of self-worth. So this is one of the things in mindset. And I've got a thought log on the back of this sheet that you start capturing stuff. But when we're talking about tools, um, you know, being level-headed, there's a great book by um, Eckhart Tolle about the power of now. And when you're leaning, like if a boxer was leaning forward, he would not be optimum. And if he was worrying about um, tomorrow, you would not be optimum. You step in time versus leaning. So, okay, what are six things you've got to do tomorrow? Okay, and then you write them down. So you're stepping in time, not leaning. Uh, but there's all these things in terms of tools um, for, for mindset. Um, and I think, again, that um, straight lines that I talk about at the start, coming up with a jig would be a better system. And that would be that would be the truth in this is how you set guides. So you would come up with the best system and then that's how they would work. But this um, balance along the way of uh, improving the system and improving that engineering quality of how well you do stuff, you know, like with you with the podcast to start off with, um, as you go on, you know, you might start coming up with forms and doing stuff electronically and having a website and it gets engineered better and the system is better. Um, and that's just that part of development, isn't it? It's, yeah, I mean, I mean, in, in terms of uh, in terms of the podcast, um, I think I think like anything, just coming into it without any experience whatsoever. I did some planning, and then I thought, okay, well, it's it's going to be easier. For example, just to do the audio, uh, the video editing, then it gets more time consuming. So just to sort of take things slowly, like I'm going back to this delayed gratification. I know things take time. You with a book, if I was going to write a book, I'd be the same. I wouldn't expect to write it in two weeks. You would think it's going to take me two years maybe to write write this book. And it's also it's about not making sure you're disciplined but not taking on way too much more than you can handle and then you crash out. So if you, if you think, okay, I want, I want to be super successful, you know, I want X, Y, and Z, millions, and then it's just you're just overwhelmed, and then you you crash because you've done it too too fast, too soon. Whereas I think if using the podcast as a good example, you know, it's very manageable. I have one hour conversations, one hour probably editing and making the background things very manageable. I'm enjoying it. Whereas if I take if you were to take on right, I'm going to do five a week. I'm going to do video. You know, before you know it, you're just going to crash out because it's too much, you know. So I have this thing with movement. Um, we talk about lighting a fire. If you ever ever had an open fire, there's a technique to it. And I've got an open fire, but sometimes I'll go to light it and I won't have done it quite right. And it'll just, I'll be like, oh, why didn't you do what you knew you should have done, which was prepare mm -hmm. and start off with a, with a, you start off with a match and a small bit of paper and you build that there's an art to it and if you if yeah, you yeah. get it right so there's enough energy and i have this thing called giving your goals the bird where if you put your finger up to the sun and you've got the sun strong enough and your fingers small enough it disappears you can just see a fist you can't see mm. your middle finger because the power in what you want to do is so much and that what you've got to do is so small it just gets done and this is a bit like if you was lighting a fire up and then suddenly you chucked on 20 20 logs and it just put it out because it was like, oh, it's too much. You know, this yeah, is yeah, this starting small, like get to a stage where you're roaring and you've got to a stage where this audio thing is like, I've got this sussed. 
like this is easy and then suddenly you whack a bit more on you know and um mm. and it may be yeah that's that, a good analogy yeah. yeah and that's and that really is you want to get to a stage where it's roaring and the other thing is like you say you can outsource a lot if you've got a decent va on board and they did all the audio and stuff you, you might find paying a small amount of money you can go on to do video and x y and z and give them and that to do and the cost of that it's a bit like washing your own car um you could actually be doing um more podcasts if you outsource some of that nut and bolt stuff like having a yeah, yeah, just... on the tools so um but that that again there's an art i think to scaling and and growing and one of them is i do this with the cogs and businesses you know engineering yourself out means means gearing yourself out and being a smaller part of the business that that, that makes the decisions and and then gears it out to other aspects of the and that would be something mm. with you and the podcast is you could engineer a cog into that which is a a va and then you just come on and look gorgeous and speak and do your podcast and then outsource everything else you know um but yeah this it's a system to it you know it's the same with moving a lift isn't it with balanced load you've got to have the energy and power otherwise and you've got to have the traction so you've got to have integrity You've got to have some mm. sort of balanced system and you can compensate with a VA so you can have someone else on board to help you shift it. And then you've got to have enough want and will to why you're doing the podcast. So I always talk about the why. It's like that um, Ohm's law. You know, you've got to have that power factor because if I said that you had to do five podcasts a, a week, otherwise I would do something awful to your kids. You know, you would suddenly yeah, get you do it. done, you know, because you change the meaning. Um, or I'd, you know, and it's and it can be a negative or a positive. You know, I could you could make so much money out of it. You can move from the negative or the positive. Um, I mean, <laughs> this moves on to something else. But we, me and my brother, was trying to test the lift once or hand the lift over, and we had it all set up on um, on uh, on the buttons and that. And we'd put the mains power on, and all the lights and that were on. But for some reason, it was taking a call and the contacts were coming in but it wasn't moving and it turned out that the mains didn't have a neutral but the live for the 240 did um, but my point is is you've got to have positive and negative to move stuff um mm. sometimes that negative is like you sometimes you go running it's not because you want to go for a run it's because you don't want to be a fat fuck <laughs> yeah well 100 percent. i mean a lot of the time i don't want to go running to be honest it's probably one out of five days when I want to go running the other four days I'm, I'm I'm doing it for the mental health of when I get back I feel 100 times better so it's, it's only for the feeling of when I'm finished and knowing going back to that delayed gratification it's like I know in an hour I'll be I'll be feeling way better than I am now by running don't no debate about it I don't give myself an option that's it and and going back to what you said about uh workloads and businesses and be, being efficient with things you know you probably suffered the same way my business maybe suffered in the uh, in the sort of 2010s times when you were you were, we were taking on so much work we just couldn't handle it you know we had too many logs on the fire the fire's going out there's no energy to keep it all burning and it just went out the fire goes out business is gone because you know you take take too much on so uh there's a lot of to be said for just sort of building things gradually and, you know, managing. I've got a friend who uh, 
yeah, he's he's been through the same thing, you know. Uh, masses of work, masses of work, takes on more and more people, more and more people, and then you just end up as a tax collector, you know, because you're not making any money, you're just paying salaries, and you, you're collecting taxes, you know, for the government, because your business now is so big, it's not effective, you know. And a lot of that comes back down, so I've been having art lessons, and you have these points of perspective, and making sure you stay in these lines of perspective, so why are you setting the business up? Because, and this comes back to this power thing that um, that you've got to, you've got to have a, a why in it, um, and those people that get rolled up with that. The problem is, is someone's going to give you some money, and this is where this compass comes in. If I put a magnet to the compass and say, Steve, I want you to do X, Y, and Z for X, Y, and Z, and that magnet's strong enough, you'll go there, like. But with alignment, the natural magnet. So for me, it's creativity. Like, how the fuck did I get involved in lifts? Like, but I like to figure out why lifts aren't working. Like, our lift business is bespoke. We make bespoke lifts. So there's creativity in the stuff we do. You ask us to do ten lifts the same. Um, it's like, uh, you know, go to a, a major company for that. That's not yeah, our yeah. thing. So, but this energy and in, in alignment um, with people, I think, is the key bit it's the same with boxing if you don't stand right and align yourself right you could throw a punch yeah but if you change that alignment the the power in that punch can be tenfold and it's just some tweaks so you can go to work and you can go and fit a lift steve green can go and fit a lift and earn and earn good money doing it but but probably the steve i know if you went and troubleshooted steve green could 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 get out of bed and would enjoy much more troubleshooting or helping and i don't know what it is but you'll find there's a purpose around it my my purpose isn't around helping i couldn't give a shit with my clients and i tell them open i couldn't give a fuck yeah don't come to me if you're upset and and customers break down and get upset but my alignment is 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 a creative one in finding the right solution to help them my mum wouldn't be able to do what I do because as soon as you got upset on a call, she'd be like, I'm not going to ask you any more questions, Steve. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to upset Steve. Whereas if I started working with you and you got upset, I knew we was getting to where the work was. Or if you started getting angry, I knew we, and, and the part of it is holding the ground. But it's in creativity. I don't c- care as in, I do care enough to want to solve and help you through get where you want to get to but it's in asking the right questions so it's creativity and and Mm. you will have one you know um me knowing you there's there is a creative one there um or or probably a help and a solution based one for there like the fact you're doing this podcast you said to me that um you know you come on and spend an hour and help people it's still a solution to help people get where they want to get to. So there's something in why you're doing this podcast. It's around people inspiring. So it's something in helping them. There's probably a lot of parallels in, in you and me in that. Um, it's not that you're doing a podcast on football or I know you did some climbing. Um, it's not you're doing it on lift engineering. You're doing it on something that's giving you energy. And usually if you can find that compass enough to know what's behind all of that, there's a bigger thing going on. And then it doesn't matter. I know if I go into a business and and they say, can you come and work there? I know as long as it's aligned with something that's got some creativity in it, but I'll come up with some funny TikTok videos, but I'll come up with them, but you can record them because it bores me, but it's in that creativity that gives me the energy, you know? 
Mm. And that, um, you know, look at that um, the jobs that you've had, which have been the most energised, would you say? For me? Yeah. Um, my, my current job is probably the most energised because I'm, I'm working for a, a local business. It's not a corporation. You know, we're, we're a, it's a family business. I'm part of the leadership team of it. So, you know, I get a, I'm, I'm rewarded by people giving me respect and respecting my opinion, basically. You know, and, and I love working for the working for the company. I'm, I'm not necessarily as passionate about elevators as, as I am doing this, for example. But I, I love working with everyone. I'm quite a people person, so... A lot of the, you know, I love all the people that I work with. It's like I say, it's not a corporation. You know, I've worked my previous job to this was for a corporation. You know, you're a number. Nobody values your opinion, although they will say that they do, and and everybody's opinion matters. And you do all these bullshit surveys about how you think your line manager is and all this crap. Mm. Wasting your time doing that. Nobody really listens to you. It's just fucking HR bullshit. You know, so that that took a bit out of me, that period in my life when I had to deal with that. And and those people who kind of get sucked into that in any in any role, you know, corporate life, they kind of get sucked into the ladder, sucking off the guy above them to get into their job, which basically is all that they do. Uh, so I didn't, yeah, I was not passionate about that at all. Lost a lot of passion for lifts with uh, with that company, but glad to be out of there. Uh, Cleman, brilliant. That was the same as as my company now. You know, working with John when I was when I was there, that was great. Sheridan's, I enjoyed working with. It was a family company. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, it's a, for me. I'm a people person, and I have to be people who I see who are, who are putting, who are equally as technical, who are equally as hard working, you know, who, who, were, who were on the same pathway. And uh, the previous job, everybody's on their own pathway. Screw the rest. Screw you. I'm, I'm making for myself uh, kind of thing, which I really don't like, you know. So that's like a va- values thing, um, isn't it, that I think, when you start ticking off, what's that north, north, east, north, northwest, north? When you start really getting on the energy thing, so if you had to go out tomorrow and do a day's work where you solved something, versus go out and do a day's work where you helped someone figure something out or helped someone, which would give you the most energy? Oh, helping all day long. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because because I think that's that's it. Because when you start to I do this thing of north and south. So on, up north, you, you write all the things that energise you, and south, you write all the things that actually drive you in a bend. So me doing like bookkeeping and stuff, it's so boring, it's monotonous, there's no creativity. So what you'll find, though, is you're north and south. So like you get triggered from that um, that value thing where people are just used as a number, and, and I think and feel that you're, you're, you're definitely more people-helping orientated than I am in that creativity that you lend more to wanting to look after and have a right team that's got right values that that if you'd like look at what's really where the energy is it's it's working for a successful team of people that are committed and helping them you know but you'll find that there's there's something behind that why for you versus me 
So for me, like working with people is something I steer away from. I've, I've got a cabin at the end of the garden and I use VAs online. I've engineered myself out. We sub out a lot of the stuff we do with the lifts. I've engineered myself out to be more of this creative, studious, artistic type role, whereas I'm, I'm working in a team. Um, it's the same with sports as well, like boxing, like working in a team just doesn't attract me. I like the crack at lunchtime having a laugh, mm. but actually working in the team and this and the other, it's... Um, but yeah, it's just funny where you find where you lie and what attracts you and what energizes you more. Mm. When you know that, it's a bit like a compass. Like if someone offers you a job that's going west, you're like, no, nah, I could do it, mate, but you won't get the best out of me. I've got to be doing mm. something that's not. I think, uh, yeah, because, I mean, I am a bit conflicted in that in that way. That I'm, I am a team player playing a rugby team. I have team teams at work. Uh, no, no problem going into teams, but I'm also conflicted in that I like to do sort of solo expeditions, or I will go to the mountains on my own, or I'll go running on my own for a long day. I'll go for a hundred k cycle on my own. Can happily spend four hours alone doing that, no problem. So I'm I'm conflicted a little bit in terms of that because I do, like you say, a shed at the end of the garden. You know, yeah, that's that's right up my street sometimes, but. You know, I think it's I think it's the people around you. You know, you know if you if you're inspired by the people you work with or the people you train with, then then and they're better than you. One thing I've always thought is always make sure you you you're training with people who are better than you. And if you're better than them, then you're the leader, and you should act like that. You know, and uh, a lot of the times, going back to lift industries, I've been working with people. I've just looked at them and thought. How in the name of fucking holy God you sat where you are, you know, and 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 that I find that very difficult to to deal with, you know, when I'm I'm I've got yeah people above me who just shouldn't be nowhere near an elevator, never mind in the position they're in, but you know that's life. Some people get to the top their own way, and that's fine, uh, and I'll just remove myself from that as soon as I have the opportunity. So. That's been that's I've learned a lot from that, and it's sort of set me on the path. And, and I will always say where I am. People won't have any problem knowing where I, how I feel. They'll be told uh, exactly how I'm feeling. So that's kind of how I work. But I mean, I, the teams that I'm involved with in the rugby, I love. Yeah, I love that. That's it's brilliant. But again, I do. If if I'm doing a solo expedition, I love that as well. You know, just relying on myself, not having to rely on anybody. If I fail, it's on me, and that's fine. I learn from it. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, conflicted a little bit that way. But yeah, I think it, I think it's just knowing yourself, and this is one of the things in that uh, understand that self aware. And this comes back to being open. You know, where we started with um, that you've got to open up and know yourself. And there's so many people like um, I've naturally worked quite a bit in the lift industry because people that I know but initially I start I thought I'll market lift industry and when I started talking to people I realized how closed the the industry and the people are you know mm. so I've got one of my clients um, Canary Wolf you speak to people there they're so open to coaching so on board with it and then you speak to other people I've worked with um, some some major companies lift companies in in London and um, and it's almost a ch like I'm challenging. Them. Like, what do I want coaching for? What you? I don't need a fucking coach. What are you? What are you say? What are you saying? What are you saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, wait, like, like 
like just just to stop and be open and, and those people again how self-aware they're going to be if they can't allow themselves to open up um in that situation and, and know themselves enough and and there's so yeah. much to that so much depth to us in you know and the more you can understand yourself um it just creates this freedom to be able to choose so so knowing that um that you're not going to want to go running, but you know that running's going to make you feel so much better. Um, and, and knowing why and, and knowing all of these answers and when it comes to choosing is so easy, so, so easy. And this is where people, when they don't align to actually what and why they're doing it, you know, we are, we all wipe our ass every day, but who, who actually wants to, you know, it's just something you automatically do. And if you said to someone, that's what you've got to do to someone else. It's like, no, but if it's your parent and they're on their deathbed, my best mate, his, his mum had um, dementia, you know, he was getting in situations like that where he was caring for his mum. Like, you do it when the meaning changes and you get alignment. And this mm. um, is coming back to this openness is where it, where it, all, where it all starts with. <laughs> um, mm. yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear more about your charity uh, work. Matt, so think and believe. You I think you said you do that on Wednesday. So just tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so the actual my coaching company is Think and Believe, and I trade as MattJeffrey.com just to keep okay. myself uh, separate from it. But Think and Believe, I I started that up and used the analogies of gardening, but it's um it's about community and people growing. Um, so I have this thing called the Walking Man Can, where I've got this workshop. It's the same stuff. It's MMA, but I use um, you know, plants to the sun and they align to be the warmest they can to attract the most bees by putting the most scent off. And that's their purpose. And they stay flexible and move with the sun during the day. I use the same analogies. It's the same principles in MMA. Um, so, yeah, so that at the moment we've got we've just set it up and created a community podcast studio. Uh, I do community coaching. So I trade coaching for volunteering. So I'm coaching a comedian at the moment he's going to come on and do a the event for us the white collar comedy and that's going to put some money back into the podcast studio um and i've got some artists that are doing some events so the the thing i set up i was standing outside the scouts or when my son was um going to cubs and uh, some shitty little van turned up so we live on the isle of sheppey and um you know there's some places around here that you know, there's not a lot of money around there. I've got a mate who's got a scout school in London and they've got Mercedes vans and all sorts of stuff. And I thought you don't need uh, one van for the scouts. You need something you can share. And then I started thinking about applying and purpose and people volunteering. Um, and I started with this theme of people would come and volunteer if it was in alignment with themselves. So a lot of the stuff I do with the coaching and the community stuff is is helping people develop, find alignment and then, use that in paying back and helping with the charity um so that's part of what we do um and some of the stuff i want to set up is some retreats and um bringing people out to do leadership development and stuff but based around this it's called think and believe it's called a place to grow based around this trellis and this um alignment of the analogy of growing and developing People. Is this with youth, or is this with youth, or so potentially? Or... Yeah, I want to. Um, we're working. I'm working with a, a woman at the prison, so I want to do some workshops with uh, ex-offenders 
Uh, it's not youth. No, my, my sister does some stuff with youth, but mine's not. Um, I'd like to make that available, but I'd like to do it with the scouts and the guides and, and helping them create a leadership team that does it with the youth. But no, mine is um, about the personal coaching and I, st I still think there's a lot of power. Ev everyone, I think, wants to apply themselves in their purpose, but most people don't know what it is. And if I asked you to volunteer to do something, um, you would you would find there would be something that would tick your boat. Um, mm. you know, I worked at the Scouts and I was developing the hall, but they asked me to go and help with the kids. And I see the kids not get off their phones. I just wanted to punch them in the head. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to work with the kids. I want to develop the prompt. It was coming back to creativity. So I was cutting the lawn. I was, we put new windows in the side of the building and all that sort of stuff. So it was that creativity again. Um, but that helps the kids indirectly. So you'll find that if you, know, you was going to volunteer and you had a list of things that you could go and volunteer and it might be helping your community team set up a podcast or playing mm. rugby, whatever it is. But that, that, would, that would find and it would sit really true usually find people that do do stuff for charities it's aligned to a purpose and they're getting from they're getting something from it so yeah yeah i mean it's similar similar to uh where i am here in hergerson um uh we're, we're obviously trying to build the game of rugby in norway for, for using this as an example and uh you know i'm working with the under 19s we in youth development you know we're, we're trying to get youths into into rugby but it's, it's very challenging here because it's not a uh everyday sport you know it's it's not a big sport at all so convincing kids to sort of come and we we have a junior team sort of from uh, seven eight nine ten eleven uh and we're training once a week with those kids the the end game is that they're going to come into our team you know in the 16 17 train with a senior team uh, so it's like, but I, I, like I say, I'm quite a people person, so I, I enjoy that. And it's, it is, it's effectively a charity because it's not paid. Um, but the, what you get out of it is the, the sort of development of people's personalities and characters, you know, you're building characters up and you're sort of showing people how to be disciplined and it is life coaching in one way, as well as the sports coaching side of it. So I mean, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm guessing if you, in your case, you've you know you've got people maybe coming out of prison, probably, you know, never been given a fucking chance at anything in their life, you know, and that's why they're there. And they probably, they probably built up a facade to get through prison, and then you've got to break that down and give them confidence to be able to do something else in life and not to go back to that path of ending up in prison again you know so you've got to break it down build the character back you know that kind of thing yeah i did this whole workshop for a week it was one of the biggest investments i made and they called it the script but if we went back to a lift you have a data sheet then you have what type of doors you have what what type of hydraulics what type of system is it how many floors it is all these characteristics that says this is who you are so at canary wolf we've got some 50 floor lifts that we've told you're 22 floors because we're only serving 22 floors at the moment. So you're just going 22 floors. But you know that they've got the potential of going 50, but we just tell them you're going 22. And these people in prison, you know, you're going to prison. That's where you go. I think Mickey Flanagan done a really do good uh, sketch about being at school 
and he joked one of his mates says he wants to be a van driver and he was like you idiot he said you go to the school that, that, that makes the people you dreamer put the stuff in the van you don't you know <laughs> that's another school that, that yeah those people are the ones that drive the vans you know and this is where a lot of it is brought up around this um like you say psychology of rugby's not a, a main sport it's like it's um it's softening and opening them up to the new um to the possibilities and i think with these prisoners what i what i feel is there's so much power in a prison because to do some of the things they've had to do that you know if i asked you to go and rob a bank you'd shit your pants right but they've done yeah. it so they've got the mechanics and the grit and they've got the components i did coach a guy once who was really successful drug dealer and the system he had with sales, he used to go fishing and everyone would come to him. And like the way he talked and the way he communicated, you're like, all you've got to do is change what you sell, you fucker. And you'll be amazing. Mm. But but that was the thing, right? He had the real characteristics of a great salesman, but the but the poor strategy of not having a system to apply it to. And I think there's a lot of power and potential in these people, uh, in all of us, but it's just really uh, unpacking and stepping into a new space and fear of like, yeah, but that's not me. I've been doing this artwork of um, a lion and, and these um, butterflies and the butterflies come when you're roaring like never before. So, so this, you know, if I got up and done the white collar comedy, it's going to be so scary because I'm not a stand up comic, right? I'll be shitting. My, I'm laughing just thinking about it. Right. But then, I do it once or twice or three times. It's like you and a podcast. Oh yeah, I've got a podcast. You know, suddenly it becomes normal. Suddenly the yeah the butterflies go because you're roaring like you now are, and that's mm. more than you was before. But that's you know, and 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 that's when when I come to talk about fear and growth. A lot of these prisoners will come out and they might have to do something that society sees as nice. Well, that's roaring like never before because they're a badass, you know, mm. and that can't be them because that's a new them, you know, and that's scarier than, you know, uh, getting in a ring for some people. Like they could probably box all day, but to go in, I I'm someone that goes and volunteers an old people zone once a week because I love helping people. What? Mm. And uh, them to step in and do that, you know, it's um, it's interesting. Uh, I suppose I suppose a lot of those guys as well. You know, they've been they've been around gang, uh, not gangs as in like gangs of New York, but maybe like posses. You know, then they've got this sort of character to uphold in front of the crew. You know, and the nerves. I mean, and then you've got to sort of break that down, break them away from from the peer pressure of what they're expected to behave like, and say, you know, this is this is what we do now, and and so you know, even for example, talking in front of other people or sharing your experience, it's like so far out of the comfort. Something so simple, where it should be, but it's so far out of the comfort zone that you've got to break that down, and you know, you, you you've got to say, listen, you should don't give a shit what other people are thinking. You know, don't care what everyone else is thinking about what you're doing. I think that's quite a key thing in life as well. You know, a lot of people they will stick to one path because that's the expectations of them. You know, it's like the classic, my parents want me to be a doctor because they're doctors and, and they put you down this path that you don't want to go down, but then you're so far down it in the end that you can't change that path. And then your life's just in misery, you know, and it's yeah. just finding that, finding that strength, you know, to say, no, no, this is, this is my path. 
being disciplined, you know, taking the path that's going to bring you passion and just going for it and not not taking advice or taking criticisms or taking, you know, uh, with this podcast, I've had loads of messages from people, ah, this is great, you know, or try this, you know, or this is something you could try or when you do this do that and 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 i'm really i'm brilliant that's great send me everything because i love just to get all these little things because i'm i'm open to learning and growing with it i'm not i'm not for one minute thinking oh yeah piss off mate i know everything about this game i know nothing (laughs) you know i know how to work the microphone and the camera and i know how to edit it a little bit and it's that's good so i'm learning but it's like having the uh, having the capability to just pick your own path, laser focus in and, you know, just keep going with it. It's so, it's so like, um, so my motto on mattjeffrey.com is coaching for true colours, like being your true self. And it's so hard. Like it's, it's a joke. What I like about the boxing is like, you can see getting in a ring, fighting someone else. You can see why that fear is paralyzing and it can be paralyzing until you're comfortable in it. But what you don't see is the other fears so just for example, we was on a, um, a FaceTime with my son and my daughter um, and, and my wife had said, oh, dad's dad stayed down at Whitstable the other day. And I was like, what are you staying down there for? And they started laughing because I'd stayed away on my own. And my son's in the background laughing just like because he just knows what I'm like. He's like, you're a nut. What are you staying at Whitstable for? And I was like, I, I went away to write. He was like, oh, oh, that makes sense now. It was almost like before I was an idiot. And now it's all right, sort of, because but that's that's my son, like laughing or not laughing. But when I remember when I told my mates I was going to be a life coach, you know, I've come from a I'm from the Irish EP, I'm, I'm a lift engineer. All my mates are beer, rugby, football lads. And when I started staying, I was going to be a life coach and then started going into these conversations. It was like I remember I did a video dancing about music. <laughs> I literally, but people were phoning I my brother. I think I've seen up, this. My people were phoning my brother up saying, "Is your is your brother all, all right? <laughs> like, is he gone mad?" And and that video is probably the most powerful video. We're actually talking about redoing it, and I'm going to do it around Canary Wharf. But that ability to dance without music is freedom, and you see African kids doing it, and like that freedom to do it because we need. Um, some music on or some wine or we need it to be the right scenario and the lighting level and then we'll let our hair down then we'll enjoy ourselves then we'll be free and it's like you've got to learn to do it anyway like you've got this is this surrender you've got to learn to fucking do it anyway and let them laugh like hyenas and let them do whatever they want to do and you've just got to stand up and roar like a fucking animal um, and mm. do whatever you want to do there's a really good film that i recommend everyone to watch which is the um, is the hero's journey it's a joseph campbell film um and i've got there's 10 questions i sent it to both my kids before christmas and said if you answer 10 questions i'll give you 10 pound a question so you could both get 100 pound each and neither of them did it because it was dad's coaching shit but I, I sent it to a client and they answered it within like i think two or three hours and wanted money i was like no you're getting paid for it <laughs> this this film is really good it talks about us um call to action and us stepping into the the real us um and this is this surrender but it's it's massive um for for men a lot but also for women on um surrendering into who we could be and it's it's scary you know <laughs> 
So you you kind of use the word surrender. Um, uh, I, I sort of would equate that to sort of stepping out out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly the same thing. It's the mm, you, but you've got yeah. to step. You've got to surrender. So the comfort zone is doing something you don't want to do, but surrendering into is that's the truth. So you don't want to step into a moving car, but if you've got to do some public speaking and that's the truth in developing how you want to be then surrendering into that is the work. So when I talk about surrendering into the work, what it is is you talked about stepping into going for a run, right? It's the same. Mm. You've got to let go to just do what the shit's, you know, there's, you can't, you could go for a bike ride, but you can't cheat it if you want to get fit. There's only so many ways. Mm. There's, there's loads of ways you can do it. And if running is the one that you choose, then step into that. But mm. there's no, this gap that you've got, that you've got, between where you are and where you want to be, there's no cheating. It's like an items lift on a lift, you know, it's compliant when you finish the items and mm. that's the gap. Yeah. And there's no getting you, around. You, you, you've, you've done really well to equate from the lift industry into what you're doing. I'm really think that's really great. A lot of the things you've done, I've never thought of about it in that way before. I've just sort of thought about it as the mechanics of, building a big Meccano set but you've I'm really quite impressed how you've taken certain things and then you've adapted it into sort of like a, a business that you're passionate about but you've not completely left the lift business behind you still you're still doing that and you sort of merge use analogies for both of them which is quite good we, we, I just did a onboarding with a big lift company and they asked for qualifications and I I gave them my MVQ4 and because I think that that's actually um, when you look at the nuts and bolts. So when you go and do your coaching diploma, it's a bit like painting by numbers um, and you have some form and some structure and it's a good structure to start with, but it's a bit like me doing an MVQ, fitting a micro lift and then saying I'm a lift engineer. You know, there's a load more meat on the bones in being a lift engineer. Um, and it's the same with coaching. And I think the skill set in understanding the principles, mechanics, software and theory behind a lift um, has made you more qualified as a coach than actually the the coaching because the mechanics of it are the same. So you going for a run, I would say, is like a resistor in a shaft. You're dissipating the shit energy and you're keeping it clean because without it, without having resistors or stuff like that, you get spikes and you get all sorts of shit and software that messes you all up. We had a lift once that wasn't earthed properly and every time it, it moved, everyone's TVs in the flats went... Um, went off it wasn't earthed you know so there was interference and this is like you're going for a run just to earth and and clear up mm. and um all, all of those sort of systems that i think i've done it and I've, I've said it in a meeting today we had this guy talking about the podcast and production and all this technicality and i've said i said explain it like we're six and that's why i think i've done what i've done is to try and figure out something that's technically you know that's technical and make it so it makes sense to a six-year-old because yeah, it's fantastic yeah going for a run if you think if you didn't dissipate that energy in a in a lift you would hold and store all that and it's not good and you going for a run is just the same as that toaster in the lift shaft just burning off that shit um but i would come back and say that that's probably because there's not a balance in terms of a there's a reason why you need to go for a run. There's a difference. I've got some clients that need to go for a holiday. They're not just choosing. They've got because they're so fucked. 
And it's like work on that. If you can get more balance, then you might might want to go for a run more than need to because do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, anything in life is is a balance. Is you know, there's so many variables: good days, bad days, long work days, short work days, families. You know, there's there's a million things that that people are balancing, and everybody's different. Everybody needs something different, and it's just finding those sort of core values. I think I spoke in the last podcast for just finding those little wins in everything. You know, just find a win. Find a win. You find enough wins in the day. You have a beer at night. Sleep well, and everything's good. You know, if you if you're constantly losing your little battles through the day, you know you don't eat breakfast properly because you're in a rush because you fucking got up late. If you don't take a bottle of water with you, then you've got to buy water when you're out, or you've got you don't know, prepare your meals, so you've got to have fast food. All these little losses eventually add up. You know, and if you can sort of start the day like same with a business if you don't if you don't get your van ready the day before and you've got to start doing it in the morning and you lose 20 minutes that means you hit the fucking m25 at the wrong time and then you're two hours late loss 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 you know you're building loss after loss you know if you get yourself organized get prepared the day before live your life where you sort of you've got it i know you've used this phrase live by design is it Life by design, yeah. Life by design. If you live it like that and you know, okay, every day I'm going to do this discipline, then, then your days just fucking flow so easy because you, you've set yourself for it, you know? There was a, I had Billy Schwer on my podcast and he wrote a book um, for boxing, but there's a good, and it's, it's interesting, come back to the lifting angel, there's a good system he's got there for a spiral up or a spiral down. And when you talk there about, um, the small losses and this that, and the other. If you think of the polarity of a motor and you change two phases, it changes the direction. So if you're going in one direction, which is negative, which is down, it's like, oh, fucking hell. And it's going to just go down and go down and go down. If you change the polarity, um, all that does is change that the direction. And um, like you say, you, you change to a positive action or a negative action. Uh, and it's got this system. It's got this triangle of, of three things that happen to change that movement um and it's and it's the same with that engineering uh, um and again those small wins if you look at momentum and the startup current and and getting momentum which is why it's keen to take go back to those small wins those small just turning up at the gym you know signing in doing one exercise and coming away again you're starting a momentum and if you look at a chart of the startup current when you start a lift up, it's massive. Like we had to try and sell a lift where we'd done a special slow start because the, the building couldn't take the current you needed to do a startup. But when you get that momentum going, like you've got some lifts that are running at like a few amps once they're balanced. Mm -hmm. But that startup current's so big. So you can either slow that start down by just doing something really small and 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 often and then get into that momentum and movement. But but whatever it is, um, is just keeping those small, small wins in a positive direction. Even if it's like, like oh, fuck it, I can't go for a run tonight, but you get everything ready so you can go tomorrow. So I've got this thing at the gym that my attendance is a measurement. So if I turn up, I've done one more than yesterday. And that's like, and that's still a positive. Like I could go in yeah. the gym and I don't, but there's this saying about getting the file out. You know, once you get the file out, you'll you'll start the momentum of doing something. And it's um, you know, if you just go to the gym, 
you'll probably more than likely do something. Um, but yeah, keeping those. Uh, but it's with some days, it's easy. You know, I've had some days where I spiral down. The thing that I find, and this is why I call this workshop Mindset Reset, is you are going to get fucked. It's the same with exercise, and we have a recovery rate in exercise. That how how long can you maintain a resting pulse, but how quick can you get back to it? And that's how we measure your fitness. Um, and it's the same with mindset. Like I did this, I did this bit in the book about coming up to. You can remember coming up to, um, um, not the Dartford Tunnel, uh, Blackwall Tunnel, uh, on a on a Monday morning at five o'clock, and you got all these scaffolders cutting you up and getting in the tunnel and this this one is this van just cut me straight up and then went straight over in another lane and in an instant i just raged and it was he opened up the lane i just put my foot down i was bibbing like like just bibbing the whole time as i was coming up next to him like he turned around and looked at me and i just caught myself and then I just blew this series of kisses with him and then just put my head down and just drove on and laughed all the way into Canary Wall. And I just remember catching myself like it could have been a whole different thing. But my point was, I remember catching this conflict like, you fucking yeah. asshole. Like, it just, and it was values again. Like, you just think you own it. Like, there was no thank you, no nothing. Is I'm fucking coming in. I'm cutting up you. I'm cutting up this other guy. And I'm, and I'm, and it just triggered me. And I remember thinking, I caught myself and I, he turned around to look at me. I remember blowing these kisses and this shock in his face. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> blowing kisses at me. And then I just carried on and it just, but my point is, it's this mindset reset, you know, in a lift, if it gets messed up, you turn it off and on again, it goes to the bottom, it finds itself. And then we've got to do this with this system of, of resetting because you're going to get to a stage where like people are just winding you up and up. And the thing with the art of this, with this mastery, is you can see it coming. Like, I already know there's certain characters. I'm my best mate, like he actually messaged when I'm on here, but he doesn't do one message. It's like, answer me, answer me, answer me, answer me. Just irritates me. My sister's the same. Um, and but I know, I know why, and I know, and I sort of see mm. it coming. So I see through that. But yeah, there's there's things that catch you, and after a while, it's like watching Mayweather in a boxing ring, watching move around someone, laughing when they've missed him, at how effortless he looks. It's like <laughs> so good, but it's an art, you know. Yeah, years of mastery, years of practice, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of hours. He didn't he didn't get that good overnight. You know, it took him years. You know. Uh, Matt, it's been absolutely brilliant. We could probably talk for ages, uh, but I'm sure you've got things to do. Um, so you're on mattjeffrey.com. I will leave a link in the show notes just so anybody interested in hearing any more can, can check you out. Uh, LinkedIn as well. I know you, you post some, some things on there. It's really interesting. So good luck with everything. Uh, I'll have a copy of your book when you finish it, so put me down for one. Yeah, I'll look forward, I'll look forward to getting that. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll finish it. I'm sure you will. Thanks very much for your time, Matt. I really appreciate it. Cheers, Steve. Thanks a lot, mate.